Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Kieran, do you wish me to have a spoiler? No. Do you wish for it? No, I don't. Do you wish for it? Well, I'm no, going to tell I you anyway. I don't care anyway. for it. So, somebody from 1918 wouldn't know what a bin is. <laughs> <laughs> 1917, thank you. And that wasn't a spoiler for you, Kieran. It wasn't a spoiler for you. No. It was a spoiler for everybody else. <laughs> if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show, because that is a spoiler, and that is the show. I didn't understand that at all, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it, I suppose, because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible, and then we come back, quite like this week, we come back and look at the movie and see how close we got to actually predicting the plot, or see how far away we were from actually getting the plot. I don't want to sell us too short here because no. most of the time, most of, trust us, please. <laughs> most of the time, I feel like we do a pretty good job of accurately predicting plots and directions and formulas in movies. It's just sometimes we have circumstances where we may sort of veer away from the the correct course for whatever reason. Yes. Uh, it, it might be that the movie doesn't make any sense. It might be that the movie was really badly written. It might be that the trailer was very uh, misleading. misleading. So there's all these different circumstances that can throw us off our game. Was uh, the, you know the the promotion material for Wonder Woman 1984, the movie we're looking at this week, was that a circumstance of the promotional material not accurately reflecting the movie? I suppose we'll find out this week because what we're doing is we're going back and we're looking at everything we said originally in our prediction of Wonder Woman 1984 and seeing how close we got. And it was one of those circumstances as well. We do this from time to time where we team up to do the movie together. So it's not just on one person whether we got it wrong. It's on both of our heads if we got it wrong. Thanks for pointing at me, by the way. (laughs) I was just casually gesturing. And maybe not so subtly indicating <laughs> that you that you may have steered us in the wrong direction. But I suppose, you know, we're here to discuss today and find out what went wrong, what went right. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do, so usually, you know, we will allocate points to each other. So typically in one of our revisited episodes, in one of our actual spoilers episodes, we'll go back and we'll allocate points depending on how close we were to the actual movie. But since we teamed up, what we do instead is we have a ratio from right to wrong. So one person will go away and tabulate all the points that we got correct in the movie, while the other person will go and look at everything we got wrong in the movie. Mm -hmm. We create a ratio from that. And depending on how balanced the ratio is, we'll really know how close we were to predicting the movie or how potentially far away we were from actually predicting the plot of the film. Does that make sense to everybody? That makes perfect sense. And if you've heard these sort of episodes before, you know exactly where we're going with this. So it's a simple concept, but we like to explain it (laughs) in a very complicated way. And if you want to put one of our predictions to the test, you currently can, because in cinemas right now is Morbius. The Marvel legend. (laughs) The dancing vampire, or whatever we call it. I've been seeing the reviews for this one. Oh, really? (laughs) All right, let's just say the trailer did not look good. And the movie itself, well, who knows what's going to happen in it, but it was a movie that we weren't excited to predict, but I suppose you can go right now and see if the movie's any good, because it's in cinemas right now. <laughs> and check out our prediction to see how close we got yes. to that movie. Oh, I'm excited for this one, actually. Um, I th- I, we should have called it, but I guess we'll see when the movie comes out. Yeah, I'm going to go see it after this episode. Glutton for punishment, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, Wonder Woman 1984. How much do you reckon the movie made in the worldwide box office? And keep in mind as well that this is during COVID time. Uh, $1984. <laughs> $19.84. <laughs> That's a good guess. <laughs> so the movie actually made $166.8 million in the box office. I know you're thinking that sounds pretty good, it right? It does sound good, yeah. On a budget of $200 million, <laughs> meaning this movie was a massive failure. <laughs> 
Oh, Wonder Woman. They didn't Wonder even get Woman. close to making their uh, money back. Now, what, what happened? Mind you, what COVID happened. Of course. COVID yeah, happened. Of course. So, of course, this movie was massively affected by COVID. It couldn't really come out in cinemas, so it was released straight to streaming. I actually watched this the day it came out. I think it came out on Christmas Day. Little Christmas present for everybody nice. there. So, I spent $30 to watch this on the day that it came out. And my thoughts on it, I suppose we'll get into it at the end, sure. because I, I think it's important to point out as well that this isn't necessarily a review of Wonder Woman 1984. It's very much a breakdown of what we predicted would happen in the movie compared to what actually happened in the movie. So, if you haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984, or if you haven't listened to our original episode, I'd strongly recommend going and consuming those first before continuing with this one. Yes, because we're only relating what we predicted in that original episode, so you might be a little lost. Yes, so a lot of stuff might not make sense, and that's just talking about the plot of Wonder Woman 1984, but the context of what we're talking about may not make sense in relation to the movie. So we're not going to actually spoil every single detail from Wonder Woman 1984. We're only going to relate it to what we originally predicted. This is a circumstance where I don't really know if we did well or not. So I went away and I looked at everything we got correct. Manny D went away and looked at everything we got wrong. And listening to the episode, I'm like, did we do well? Did we do poorly? It's a hard one to pick, right? And I guess the breakdown of the points is going to help us out a lot, deciding if if this was a success story or or a total failure, because it was a short prediction that we made. Yeah, that's right. And we kind of did a lot of speculation, and, and it took us a while to actually, like, agree on the plot. And the whole reason we teamed up in the first place was because, well, at least me, I can't speak for Matty D, but I had no idea what was going to yeah. happen in this movie. I just looked at it and went, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know where the plot's going to go. I'm going to need help. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to predict this movie 100% based on the movie that sort of came out. No, um, we but could talk about that. There was, there was a lot of stuff that we were, you know, surprisingly right about, and there's stuff that we were maybe not so. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. It's hard one to pick. Let's get into it right now. So, I think it makes sense to sort of cover what we got right first. Okay. Just to see, you know, compared to the movie, we we can see really how close we were there. So, the first thing that we said was that the movie will not be connected to any other DCU movie in any way. Yes. Which it wasn't. No. No cameos, no no nothing. There was no mention of Batman. None. There was no tie-ins to, you know, Justice League or anything like that. So, yeah, I'd count that as correct. I think that's right. And we said as well that the movie will open with a flashback to Paradise Island with Diana Prince as a child. Because as we know, it's the rule now. Every movie, regardless of what it is, has to start with the main character either as a child or just a younger version of themselves. Mm. And that was no exception here because the movie starts back on Paradise Island with young Wonder Woman learning a lesson that really didn't contribute to <laughs> no. the rest of the movie at all. And and you deserve props for this because that was what you guessed in the movie. That's I was right. very adamant against that that was going to be a scene in the movie. Because so you they, didn't realise at the time. They did it before and then they did the pretty much the exact same thing again yes. in the sequel. So, so in like, the original Wonder Woman movie... There was a flashback to Wonder Woman as a child on Paradise Island. And then for some reason in this movie, they felt the need to do it again. Yeah. And I thought in this movie, it was going to be Wonder Woman, you know, losing herself, going back to Paradise Island and seeing like a young version, like a younger Amazonian girl that reminded her of of herself. That's what I thought was going to happen. But obviously that was okay. I'm so glad that I steered you away from that direction. So you saved us there. If we actually break down what happened in the real movie, our prediction was that there was going to be young Diana competing in sort of like the Amazonian yes. Olympic Games and there was going to be other tribes there. And I mentioned that, so don't you worry. The Cheetah tribe was going to be there, but I suppose we'll cover it when we talk about it. But that wasn't really the case in the actual movie. We It was very much like the Amazonians were competing against themselves in the Olympic Games yeah. and young Diana was like the only child competing because I guess she's just you, Diana. You said in the trailer that you saw other tribes and you saw males there in the, in the trailer? Yeah, I guess I wasn't paying enough attention because there weren't 
weren't any males there. It was just people wearing different coloured outfits. Yes. And I just presume there were other tribes. But apparently the women of Paradise Island are very secular. Right. And they don't like outsiders. So that's probably the reason why there weren't any other tribes there. It was a friendly contest. But here's the funny thing about this flashback. So Diana cheats, essentially, or she takes a shortcut. I don't think she does. To get her over the line. I don't count that as cheating. Well, they did. In the movie, she uh, she falls off her horse. Yep. And she sees that there's like a slide that she can come down. A very convenient slide for no real reason. And because she's small, she can kind of slide underneath this tunnel. And it made sense because she's using... Like her, like her, her moxie. Yeah, I mean, like she's she's struggling keeping up with all the other Amazonians because they're bigger, stronger, older, and she's using what she has to her advantage. And she didn't cut any corners. She she reached the target, the the mark that they need to get to. So I didn't think that was cheating, but for some reason they were just like, no, bad Diana. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing: the lesson that she learned from that moment doesn't carry over to the rest of the movie. Even if it did, you could argue, wait, so she learned that lesson as a child, so she would carry that over to the first movie as well. And so it's not like she's just suddenly remembering as an adult here in 1984, oh, that's right, I shouldn't cut corners. I guess you could say that the fact that she gets Steve back in the movie, which I'm sure we'll discuss later on, is like her getting something but not deserving it. I think that's what they were trying to say. It's like you can't just, like the Maxwell sort of philosophy, you can't just get what you want at like no cost, you know, just it can't just okay. magically happen. You know, you can't you can't get the happy ending without, you know, working for it. And I guess- But why is Wonder Woman learning that lesson? It should be Maxwell who's learning that well, lesson. Well, he does. He learns it. I yeah, guess. I guess so. Um, I don't know if you can say the cheater learns it, but that's kind of the her- What's well, in the name? She's a cheater. She's always cutting corners. <laughs> That's kind of her symbolic story arc. But yeah, maybe Wonder Woman just learns that. I don't know. You, <laughs> it doesn't it, make sense. There's, there's, it, you have let's to get, really reach to to get what they were trying to say. I'd, let's get back to right. what we actually said. So we said that the flashback would contain another important lesson for Diana. I suppose you could argue that it did. It did. As we just discussed. So I'm counting it as correct. That's what the movie was trying to say. So I think that... I don't know what the movie was trying to say, to be honest. (laughs) Not hiding your feelings very well there, Kieran. (laughs) Well, it's a fact. It was on the screen. So we said that Hippolyta, Wonder Woman's mother technically, will not do anything in this movie. That's absolutely correct because we saw her in a shot and that was it. She didn't say anything. She was just watching Diana compete in these uh, Paradise Island Olympic Games and that was it. That's all she contributed. Mommy, mommy, look, I'm going to do a really big jump. All right, sweetheart, I'm looking. Special effects are going to look really dodgy. So we said when we first cut to 1984, we'll have an action scene to establish Wonder Woman as a superhero. Yes. That was absolutely the case. And we said that Diana works with ancient artifacts in a museum. Again, absolutely the case. That was probably a pretty easy reach because we knew that from- uh, The previous movie. The the previous Justice League movie. We then said that Diana will meet Barbara Minerva through their shared interest in archaeology. Mm-hmm. That's the case again. So, Or she drops her stuff and they meet. <laughs> yeah. But well, you're she- right. They, they have a shared interest in archaeology. So they work together in the same museum. So they have, I guess, a shared interest in archaeology. She's only been working there for a week or so. But I think we get into that a little bit. So we said that Barbara and Diana have been working together but meet for the very first time during the course of this movie, which is absolutely the case they because they have been working movie. together at the Smithsonian Museum and... I guess Diana has never noticed Barbara before until she drops her papers everywhere and she comes over to help her. Well, I think that might be something we technically got wrong because I don't think they had a direct working relationship. But before. they worked together in the same yeah, place. they're working in the same place, yes. But they just didn't meet each other, which is, no. which is exactly what we said. Which, which I, I mean, she's only been working there a week, so that's understandable. Yeah. We also said that Barbara admires Diana, but is a little jealous of her at the same time. Absolutely correct. Accurate. Interestingly enough here, you suggested that Barbara might be in love with Diana, Mm -hmm. 
but I pretty much shut that point down. I said, no, 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 they're never going to do that. But that actually was the case in the movie. I don't know if that's something you covered as something we got wrong. I kind of thought that was left very ambiguous. Well, from what we understand from Barbara's character, she just falls in love with people just willy-nilly. So, she falls in love with Maxwell when she meets him, and it's presumed, it's implied that she falls in love with Diana as well. But it isn't like a strict romantic sort of relationship or infatuation. She just really admires her. They play it very safe. Exactly. So, you could could argue that she's in love romantically. So, I didn't count it as something we got correct because it was something you suggested, but I was like, no, they're not going to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I could say, yeah, technically we're right, but, you know, yeah. it wasn't really something we said, so can't really count that. But we got the vibe of her, you know, obsession with Diana, so that's right. Yeah, I suppose that's the case. Now, I also suggested around this point as well, like we talked about the, the, the prospect of Steve coming back to life, and I said to you in that original episode, Steve probably isn't actually back to life. He's in mm. illusion. Mm. And you're like, no, no, he's actually going to physically be there. I guess technically he is an illusion, right? Like yeah, he Diana is. Diana... Again, we didn't agree on this, so I can't really count it as something we've got right, but we did discuss. I I mean, I did bring up the point that he will be an illusion and not a physical Oh, really, Kieran? Really, really, really? So you guessed that it would have been some random guy that Steve overtook the body of? Pretty much. (laughs) He did not. You thought it was going to be in Diana's mind, which technically it is. I, I, I get what you're saying, but... I don't think any of us would have predicted no. what, what played out in the movie. No. Again, I didn't count this as something we got right, but I think it's important to bring up because we were close to the movie in that regard True. before True. going in a different direction. True. So, we said that Max is introduced as a sleazy infomercial personality. He absolutely is. Absolutely. So, his whole deal in the actual movie, which is something we didn't really get from the promotional material, is that he is like an oil baron or wants to be an oil baron. So, uh-huh. he has land that could potentially contain oil but doesn't. And then he goes around to investors and says, hey, I've got all this oil-rich land, invest in it, and that's how he makes money. Yeah, and he's failing at the start of the movie. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Now, we said that Max eventually transforms Barbara into the CGI cheetah. That's absolutely the case (laughs) at the end of the movie. I don't know why. Do you remember what they said to- Uh, uh, Yes. Yeah, we watched this together recently, and I think we were talking (laughs) about other stuff while this scene happened. But essentially, Barbara says to Maxwell, I don't want to just be as strong or as- you know, as, as capable as Diana anymore. I've sort of outgrown that because that was her original wish. Now That's I right. want to be- An apex predator. An apex predator. I want to evolve to the next thing. I want to be better than everybody else. And I guess that means she's going to be a cheetah woman. <laughs> I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I can't remember wh- what loophole they had to, to allow her to have a second wish. I think it's because Maxwell was becoming so powerful that he could take somebody's Maybe wish. Maybe she renounced her original wish I think that's in a what way. It, we didn't see that happen, but I, I guess I think we're supposed to imply that that happened. They did address it, but I can't remember how they addressed it. But uh, she either renounced her wish or Maxwell had another wish from all the people that he was getting that he gave to Barbara. There was some loophole in how they yeah, did it. but I guess so. Yeah, essentially she just wanted to be an apex predator. So we also said as well on that point that when Barbara first gets her powers, it's because she says that she wants to be like Wonder Woman. And that's absolutely the case. So she's yes. jealous of Wonder Woman away and she says, I just want to be like Diana. I guess not realizing that she's Wonder Woman. True, true. Does the Wishstone know that, you know, Diana is Wonder Woman? So when she says, oh, I want, I want to be like Diana, it's like, okay, you get well, yeah. superpowers as well. It does know that she's Diana because right. um, Wonder Woman actually says in the movie that it takes truths and exploits them. So, right. it knows everything that's the truth in the same way that the lasso is, but it uses truths for evil rather than lasso, which uses truth for good, I suppose. Mm. We also said that the cheetah would become Max's right-hand woman. I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty easy guess, but yeah. we got that. I believe you said the dragon in the movie, which yeah, I think that's is right. super accurate. Yeah. 
She becomes that towards the end. And we said that Max's plan of giving people what they want is a parody of 80s success and capitalism. Yep. It was the only thing that tied the movie into the whole, like, 80s setting. So, yeah, that's absolutely there correct as well. There were bum bags. <laughs> yeah. There were parachute pants. We said that the Cold War will play into the movie as well. Not as much as we thought it would, but there is the whole, you know, Russia launching nuclear missiles at the end of the movie, which mm-hmm. felt very sort of topical and scary <laughs> at yes, the moment. Yes, And the US sort of having, you know, like a, a greater missile defense against Russia. So, mm. the Cold War was an element in the movie. They, was. S- they sort of brushed over it, but yes. it was in there, so I'm still counting it. We said that Max uses his powers combined with his satellite to connect with people through their television sets. Absolutely That's right. absolutely the case. That was his ultimate goal at the end of the movie. Just like the Riddler in Batman Forever. Yes, exactly. And I think you said that in the original episode too, but like, I didn't quite understand how that worked because his whole deal is to get someone to you know, have a wish and for him to get the benefits of having the wish is he has to be touching them. And then they just sort of explain like, oh, we've got this satellite that can beam to any like TV set in the world and it's exactly the same as touching someone for some reason. Yes. <laughs> Didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, the, the rules to, because in the movie, of course, he absorbs, as in Maxwell absorbs the wish stone, he becomes the wish stone. Originally, you'd have to touch the stone and make a wish and the wish stone would do it and make it a abomination of what your original intentions were. But now Max yeah. is the wish stone, so it makes sense that he touches you, you have the wish. But- Again, they sort of, the rules to that change so often. Um, yeah. So, you know, there were points where he was touching his child. They literally, in the president's office, in the in the Oval Office, they literally had like slides or like charts showing, oh, look, the, the particles from the beam touch people. And therefore, if you're showing someone a, a program, it, it's physically touching them. But wouldn't that mean then if I was talking to you, you're being quote-unquote touched by me because I'm speaking to you We don't have the magic satellite. Oh, okay. So, it's the magic of TV, the magic of technology. It's Um, the magic of just hand-waving over the script and being like, whatever. there was a bit where the kid was just like, oh, I wish you came home, Dad. And his wish didn't come true. Well, no, he wished, like, you would be kind to me. And, it, like, he said, don't, you know, Max said, don't waste your yes. wish on something silly like that. But later I'm on- already going to be kind to you. Later on, when shit's hitting the fan, the kid's just like, I just wish you came home. And it doesn't happen. Well, it's because he already made the wish. Oh, uh, right. Okay. So, he didn't know that he made a wish, so he can't renounce it. So. Gotcha. Oh, my God, I'm getting really confused already. All right, well, let's go back to what we got right. We said that Diana has the crystal and Max wants it, so he convinces Barbara to steal it for him. That's absolutely the case mm-hmm. as well. And we said that Max wants Wonder Woman to join him in his evil plan. But when she refuses, he uses the cheater instead. Yes. That's the case. Now, this is something that you always predict happens in movies, that the the bad guy always tries to convince the good guy to join them in their evil plans. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I always shut that down and say that never happens. This is another circumstance where you are right. That does happen here. <laughs> Look, it's happening. I'm predicting the trend here. We said that Steve is brought back to life and constantly gapes in wonder at modern technology in the 80s. Oh, boy, how right we were there. <laughs> That's <laughs> all he did. That was, yeah, literally the whole thing. That was the whole point of the whole character there. And we said that Steve, to that point, doesn't really do anything and he's just along for the ride. Yep. That's absolutely, absolutely the case accurate. again. We said that Diana has to deal with Steve having to die yet again at the end of the movie. Again, that's the case. She yeah. has to renounce her wish and give up Steve and run away crying. And we said that losing Steve is the emotional height of the movie and one woman will cry, as I just said, after losing him. She does. And that's absolutely the case. Again, that wasn't something we saw in the trailer. It's no. just something we presumed. We said that Diana will have an invisible jet as a gag. Well, she has an invisible jet. I it guess, is a gag. I guess it is a gag because uh, they I, don't use it for any real purpose. No. It's pretty much there as a callback to the yes. original Wonder Woman series. Yeah, and she does use it to get away from the radars of, you know. Yeah, the, the to get out of the military base. Yes. They become invisible to get off the radar. Yes. So they can escape. How but, that you know, works, I'm, I'm not too they sure. They could have but... just flown away and it would have had the same effect. Yes. But 
I love how the whole reasoning behind, like, we just presume that she would own a jet that turns invisible. Mm-hmm. But in the actual movie, she's literally like, Stiff, I now have the power to turn things invisible just in this one moment when it's very convenient. Well, yeah, she... Because it's the same power that is used to hide... Paradise uh, Island. Paradise Island, so... And she can and do that in a Wonder small... Wonder Woman did that? Well... I think they have the power to do that, but Wonder Woman can do it on a small scale. Maybe. Sure. Only when it's convenient, though. Only when it's convenient. If it counts to airplanes and coffee cups, you <laughs> yeah, can do it. Exactly. So, we said that Diane and Steve will go to Egypt in a wild goose chase that adds nothing to the overall plot. Man, they should have cut this. Yeah, we mentioned it, so I'm counting it. Yes. So, going to Egypt, there was no reason for them to go to Egypt. In fact, why did they go to Egypt? What did they achieve there? Uh, well, Maxwell Well, Maxwell was going over there to make a deal with uh, some- An oil baron. Royal figure. That's right. And who they, owned oil, but then he'd already sold it to somebody else. Yeah. So him turning it over to Max didn't mean that Max gained anything. Yeah. So the I, entire thing was a wild goose chase and, and a waste of time. I think Max was trying to get power from this this type, you know, this this leader. Um, and Wonder Woman was going over there because she thought Max had the stone and she wanted to claim the stone off him. So yeah. it was a wild goose chase. Yeah. Uh, it added that's nothing why to I the plot, but yeah, so that that's the reason why they did that whole sequence. I don't know why they had that sequence in there. It was a cool little car chase scene, but yeah. you could have they, had that they anyway. They sort of ripped off uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark on a larger sort of CGI mm. scale. Mm. But aside from that, there was no real reason why anybody needed to be in Egypt. No. There was a point as well where uh, Diana jumps on the, the hood of Max's car. And, oh, that was awesome. And says, uh, give me the stone. He's like, I am the stone. And she's like, huh. And then like 20 minutes later in the movie, she's like, I think Max might be the stone. <laughs> he told you. <laughs> so one of your favorite things to talk about in movies is characters going to ancient science and looking at runes. And one mm-hmm. of the things we said here was that Diana will go and look at ancient runes that will give her clues. That's absolutely the case in the movie. It's, I think it's the first time that we've ever actually seen this in a movie beyond Shazam. Yeah. So Diana, I remember specifically, she's looking in a book. She goes around to like an expert's house and looks in a book and looks at runes and that gives her like a clue to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I count that as something we got I correct. I didn't even pick that up, but yeah, you're right. We said that Cheetah's claws can rip through Wonder Woman's armor, which is what makes her dangerous. That's absolutely the case at the end. When she wears the golden armor with the wings, the cheetah basically just rips straight through the wings like they're made out of tinfoil. So yeah, that's pretty much the case. Mm-hmm. We said that towards the end of the movie, a nuclear holocaust will begin, as in like Russia will launch all their nukes, which happens, and the world will descend into chaos. That's absolutely the case. Absolutely. And we also said that Max's base of operation at the climax of the movie is in a giant satellite dish. We've already discussed this. This is absolutely the case. And Wonder Woman in golden armor will fight Cheetah at the giant satellite dish during the final battle. We saw this in the trailer. Yep. I guess we didn't know that this was happening at the giant dish, so that's a pretty good call on our part. We said that Wonder Woman would show Cheetah mercy during their final battle. That's absolutely the case. Mm-hmm. They end up fighting in water and like an electrical cable lands in the water and electrocutes Cheetah. But Wonder Woman is unaffected for some reason and pulls her out of the water. We said that Cheetah will lose her powers after the fight. Did she? Yeah, she did. Okay. I don't know why, because she didn't renounce her wish, but I guess because everyone else was renouncing their wishes, maybe she was just like, I wish I didn't do this. <laughs> I wish I didn't look like a fucking We didn't idiot. see her. We didn't see... So, once she's pulled out of the water, we never see her again. Yes. We never see Barbara or the cheetah no. again in the rest of the movie, so we don't know no. what happened to her, but I'm presuming she lost her powers. Yeah. We don't even know if she lived, to be honest. She, uh, she could have died. Yeah. I don't think so. We don't so, know. But, do you yeah. think they're going to make a sequel to this movie? I have a feeling they won't. Mm, they might, but uh, who knows? We, so we said that Wonder Woman would use her lasso of truth on Max while he's broadcasting to the whole world. That's absolutely the case. It is. That was his his downfall. So 
She doesn't do it in a way like we thought that would make him reveal the truth to the people. I go into that in my side, but yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. So instead, it's more so the case that she shows people somehow by having Max have the lasso on him. They see the truth of the situation and then realize that they've been played into making like wishes that don't really give them anything. Yes. And so, she gives a rousing, inspiring speech. That's that right. Speaks to the heart of every single person. Like nobody, nobody would have been like, you know what? I'm just going to But then how wish. is she broadcasting the signal if it's Max on TV or in the satellite? Uh, Wonder Woman powers. Okay. It's the lasso, the lasso. The lasso, the lasso is a beacon. Yeah, there you go. So the last thing we said as well that was correct is that after the crystal is destroyed, the world magically returns to normal and we see Eron staring up at the sky in wonder, <laughs> which is absolutely what happened at the end of the movie. Nice. And that was pretty much everything we got correct. Not too bad. Which, it sounds pretty good. It sounds like we were on the right track, but not quite there. And that gave us a total of 33 points in the correct column. That's that's all right. Um, it's not the best. No. But it's not the worst. But from the sounds of it, we're doing pretty well so far. Okay, yes. So I'm really excited to get into what we got wrong and then mm. ultimately see how, you know, how close we got to actually predicting the movie. So I think the theme of our prediction here is that we had points in the movie where we guessed what was going to happen and parts of it is correct and parts of it is not correct. So I might be saying a lot of the points you brought up, but it's because we didn't get 100% on the mark with some of the things we said, but there were truths to it and there were falsehoods with it. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I'm going to say is how we how we discussed how the movie was going to open. We thought it was going to be the Olympic Games uh, which it is the not. Amazonian Olympic Games. Which it yeah. is not. Wait, it is that is the opening. Well, it is the opening. So we got a point for it to be right, but it wasn't the Olympic Games, and it wasn't a collection of tribes. They're all Amazonians. You discussed it all already. Right. So you, you're taking elements that we got wrong from something ultimately we got correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's all in within the discussion, and we also said that the cheetah tribes uh, were going to appear. We we thought in the beginning that all these tribes were going to compete much like Black Panther and there would there was going to be this uh, cheetah tribe that was going to be very competitive and like an uh, a friendly enemy to the Amazonians and that was going to establish this idea that there was um you know a cheetah power that existed you know in ancient times yeah not at all not the case no. never never a subplot in the movie it was something in the comic books that they just didn't go in that direction so we got that completely wrong there is no cheetah tribe they did not steal <laughs> uh Wonder Woman's ancestry armor None of that happens in in the actual movie. The cheetah is just a power that is endowed by Maxwell later on in the movie. So there's no real reason that she turns into a cheetah? None. None. Because I guess we thought that Barbara was going to be... Her ancestors were part of this cheetah tribe. Yeah. So then Max was going to be able to... Draw into that power. Draw into that power and yeah. be like, well, you're you're part of this, you know, lineage, so you're going to get that cheetah power, which they had, you know, originally, and, you know, that's why you're going to be the cheetah now. But in, in the movie, it just was random. They were just like, ding, you're going to be a cheetah now. Yeah. <laughs> why? Who knows? That's the first apex predator I could think of. Yeah, maybe. So we got two, two points wrong there for thinking there were going to be more tribes and thinking the cheetahs were going to be a part of uh, this flashback. Now, I know you sort of said uh, about Barbara and Diana's relationship. Now, I technically say that they did not have a pre-existing relationship like we predicted in our prediction. Um, they were not pen pals or anything like that. No. As you said, which is correct, we, they did meet for the first time. What we ultimately settled on is that they worked together because we were really sort of at each other's throats about mm-hmm. like how they were related and how they know each other. And what we ended up settling on was that they worked together in the same place, but they just hadn't met each other yet. Yes. Which is ultimately... Correct. It is ultimately correct. So you think I shouldn't count that as something we got wrong? Mm, maybe not. Maybe you should just mention it. I think it's worth mentioning it yes. if we had elements wrong. Yeah. Just for the sake of fairness. Yes. 
And the next thing we got wrong is there was no strong Cold War subplot. Now, you discussed it already. They did mention it. They did breeze over yeah. it. But we thought the Cold War was going to be a way more bigger part of That's this right. actual plot. Which so, we thought that Max's plans were to profit from the Cold War, mm-hmm. which wasn't really the case. Yes. That's right. Next thing I say that we got wrong is we thought initially that Max would want Wonder Woman on his side right at the beginning, which is not the case. He only asks that right at the end. That's right. That's right. Uh, Originally, you sort of discussed it already, but originally he wanted the cheater on his side straight from the get-go. Yeah, that's right. Next thing we got wrong is we thought that Max would use camera footage to turn the world against Wonder Woman, which (laughs) is something we extrapolated from the fact that Wonder Woman was throwing her crown and trying to damage the The cameras during the opening mall fight scene. Yes, but that is not the case. There's never any time that he's trying to turn the world against Wonder Woman. No. Seemingly, he just doesn't care about Wonder Woman. No. It doesn't seem like she's a threat to And they're not even surprised when she turns up as Wonder Woman in in the movie. So when they're fighting in the Oval Office, Wonder Woman turns up to save the day with Stiv. And literally, it's Barbara and Max there, and Wonder Woman turns up as Wonder Woman, and they're and they're not surprised at all that no. this woman they know is a superhero. Yes, no, they're not. It's 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 nothing, right? They're just like, they're just oh, like yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Another thing we said was we thought that Max was going to be successful in convincing everyone that Wonder Woman was actually a Russian spy. That is mm. not a subplot that ever happened. Wow, what a little journey we went on there. <laughs> We were just trying to make sense of what was going on in the trailer. Now, we predicted, we saw the armor in the trailer and we thought, oh, okay, this armor is going to be from Egypt. So, we had this idea Mm. that Wonder Woman would be ostracized from the world. Everyone would be like, she's a Russian spy. She's bad. Max would set the world against her. She would flee to Egypt and she would try to uncover this suit of armor, which is... You know, which is how the ancient Amazonian tribes combated the cheetah tribe. Absolutely, absolutely. Which is not the case at all in the actual movie. Not at all, not at all. I like that we had a reason for Wonder Woman <laughs> to go to Egypt and the scriptwriters didn't feel the need for ha- to have Wonder Woman have a reason to go no, to Egypt. No, no, no. And, and the fact is, is that Wonder Woman always had this armor. She just That's had right. it in a back room. So, yeah. yeah, there was no reason for her to go to Egypt for that suit of armor. She already had it. Yeah. So another thing we got wrong is Wonder Woman didn't technically destroy the crystal per se. She no. just got everyone to denounce their wish. That's right. Which kind of destroyed the crystal. And Max denounces his own wish to become the crystal, meaning that the crystal is destroyed because yes. it destroyed itself to become a part of him. So when he <laughs> denounces his wish, the crystal is lost forever, presumably. If it sounds confusing, it's because it is. Yeah. Next thing we got wrong, Maxwell doesn't die. We thought he was going to die at the end of the movie. Uh, yeah, he exactly. Another thing we got wrong. Nobody dies in this movie. No, no one really Except no. for that one woman <laughs> Where the Irish guy was just like, I wish you would drop dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, even even they come back to life. The- we don't see that. <laughs> I just assume it because they denounce their wish. Now, we thought that Maxwell trying to lure Wonder Woman to his side was going to use Steve to win Diana over as like a bribe. Be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to bring your boyfriend back. So you work with me. Now, that doesn't happen. It's a wish no. that Diana makes on her own accord. She's, yeah. She doesn't intend for it to happen, but it, it's her action. She doesn't even say the wish out loud. She just thinks it in her head and it happens. And it works. What are the rules to this? Who knows? Yeah. Diana is not framed for killing the president. We <laughs> thought that was going to be a subplot that did not end in the movie. And that was going to lead her to go to Well, Egypt. I don't think we ever thought that she was going to kill the president or the president was necessarily going to die. Or there was going to be an assassination I think we attempt. were going to... Yeah. I think we were thinking that Max was going to make it look like Diana was trying to kill the president. Mm-hmm. Because we saw in the trailer action scenes in the, in the White House. So. Yes. We were like, why would that make sense? Which it was just Maxwell making the president's wish come true That's to right. get his power and to get his footage Satellite. of satellites and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So our assessment, I count this as something we got wrong. Our assessment of Maxwell was way more sinister than he was in the actual movie. Yeah. In the movie, he was more a sympathetic character. We got to see him with For his son. Reason, yeah. uh, he's, he just wanted to be a big shot. 
and he was just always in over his head. We thought he was going to be way more evil than he That's actually right, was. Yeah. And he ended up redeeming himself in the actual movie. Yeah. Another thing we got wrong is there was no real hook for a sequel. The movie kind of stands on its own and just ends. We thought there was yeah. going to be like Barbara wakes up and you know gets the cheetah powers again or something that leads us into another movie. Maybe they knew what movie they were making. Maybe. <laughs> that didn't happen, but no, no, no such thing. Well, we, we did have a cameo at the end. We did. something we didn't predict. With uh, the original Wonder Woman, not the original, but like mm-hmm. the the classic Wonder Woman from the TV series. I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but she does appear at the end as what was her name, like Wisteria or something like that. Yeah, was the the original Wonder Woman warrior that Wonder Woman was searching for when she came when she left Paradise Island and came to the United States. She was searching for this original warrior. Yes, and, and was just like, oh, I never found her, but she turns up at the end just to save a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had that, but it doesn't really set no. up for a sequel. It's just an Easter egg. It and was not, just in there as a cute reference. And not not anything that is established in the DCU. It was just something harkening back to that TV series. That's right. But yeah, no, no other hook other than that. Well, I wouldn't even count that as a hook. No. Now, something I think we need to discuss, and we sort of discussed it when you were covering what we got right, is we didn't guess that Steve's spirit, Steve's essence, would replace somebody else. So he would be no, living in somebody that. else's body. Uh, we thought he would just magically appear. He would just be Steve. Physical yeah, entity. Physical yeah. in, in the world. Now in the movie, as we discussed, Steve wakes up in somebody else's body and Diana sees Steve. Because for who she, he really is. For who yeah. he really is. So we see it as Steve, but everybody else would see it as just whoever yeah, that this guy. This regular guy. This regular yeah. actor. But So we technically got that wrong. Uh, last thing I want to say is that we thought Maxwell would have stocks in malls. And, and yeah. sort of military supplies, which is why he's trying to create this mass panic uh, and sort of create this panic buying as well. But that is not the case. Initially, he was a, an oil baron. He had land in oil. And then eventually he moves on and he just wants to grant wishes to become more powerful and more yeah. omnipotent. Yeah, omnipotent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's 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 it. That's everything we got wrong. And with that, we got 19 things wrong. There we go. So we're so, still leaning towards the correct. So, so I think we did well. We've got 19 to 33 ratio. Yeah. And a lot of those things are elements we got right in it. And then there were elements of that we got wrong, you know? So the fact that we're leaning more towards the right is a good sign. I think so. I think. But 19 is pretty close to 33. So we basically got like a 60-40 split there or maybe even like 45 to, what is it, 55 split there. Mm -hmm. So I think we were close in like being half wrong, half right. But ultimately, we're leaning towards the right. So I think we got the ultimate plot points. Yes. So we got the beats of the movie, but we didn't quite get all the details. Characters and motivations we called. Basic plot points we called. The movie went into a lot of weird directions that yeah. we did not see coming. So, ultimately, I think we were attempting to predict a plot that didn't really make a lot of sense. So, what's funny is the whole reason that we ended up teaming up to predict the plot together was because I couldn't make sense of the plot from the trailer. Yes. And the reason I couldn't do that was because the plot of the actual movie doesn't make sense. Yes, yes. We were never going to predict this movie, I think. This movie goes in so many different directions. It doesn't follow its own rules. No, it, it doesn't follow any rules. It, it establishes just, stuff things. Stuff happens. Yeah, it establishes things and then just completely ignores them later on. The whole yeah. wishing stone element is... That that changes so many different times. Yeah. How does Barbara get two wishes? How, how do the wishes work? How do the wishes work? Why does it hurt Maxwell, but then make him stronger at the same time? Initially, it's hurting him. And then he says that he's using the wishes to make him better. And then there was this whole discussion I remember we were having when we were watching the movie, because we watched it for a second time both together. Yeah. Yeah, we were discussing, like, 
what it was taking away from him, you know? So initially it was like, oh, it's making sense. He's getting all these wishes, but he can't, like, he's dying inside. Yeah. But then it gets reversed and it's like, how does that For no work? reason. They don't yeah. explain why. Yeah. I guess because they use the satellite to make him touch all the people and he can grant multiple wishes at oh. the same time. That's what I was thinking is, does he decide what the consequence of the wish is? Because sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. Right? Sometimes he's like, well, I'm going to grant your wish. But I, I take all your power and everything you I'm, want. I'm going to take your security. And other times he's just like, I'm going to grant your wish. And then, you know, the guy, the, the guy he's in business with gets arrested and he's like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. So it's like, how? Do, and then at the end, he's granting people's wishes and reversing the effects of his own consequences. It didn't by, make any sense. So it's just That's like, well, problem. when does he, does he know? Does he not know? Does he choose it? Does he not choose Sometimes it? the movie says that he chooses the consequences and other times it just sort of happens and he doesn't have control over it. Mm. So they don't explain why that's the case. It's all, it almost feels like three different people wrote this movie. Yes. Which was absolutely what the case was at the end of the day. So I want to get into it now, Matty D. What are your thoughts <laughs> on Wonder Woman 1984? Look, uh, I watched this movie first time. I was enjoying some illegal substances. Sure. Legal in this country. Not for long, hopefully. We'll get <laughs> that past but i was having the best time i had a massive trip it was great and i enjoyed it and i know you had a different e- opinion of it at the time watching it the second time i still had a good time i still love this movie this movie is a is a fucking mess nothing makes sense uh it's chaos it's way too long but it's got i don't know it's it's kind of fun and it's kind of funny and i and i kind of just enjoy the craziness of it all like she's she's lassoing lightning at one stage like it's so over the top and then right at the end they get this emotional like apex and we're and we're all supposed to feel bad it's 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 a, it's a hot mess but i kind of love it for being a hot mess you know so i still enjoyed this movie so it is not good it is not good but oh my god is fun so you're it's coming so at it in a sort of like Spider-Man 3, X-Men 3 sort of like, <laughs> you understand that the movie's not good, but you still had fun with it. Yes, it, it is fun. It is fun. And hey, hey, I teared, <laughs> I teared up at the end. Oh, that's right. He did. <laughs> you were with me? Yeah. <laughs> you were just like, you were like, this is fucking stupid. And I was like, yeah, it is. It is. When Diana was talking, she was speaking to me when he hugs his little boy and he and the little boy's just like, I only just wanted you to be my dad. I was like, oh, that's a beautiful message. <laughs> sure. Sure. Didn't make sense in the context of the movie, but <laughs> no. yeah, whatever. Whatever. If you can feel something from the movie, that's that's Man, good. what a what an absolute trip. The only thing I'd change is Steve had no business being there. It made no sense no. for him to be there. He was uh, so mad. Manny D was so mad that Steve was in the movie. I don't know if he was just jealous because I think he I was got jealous. to have sex with Wonder Woman. But uh he was so mad and, and was like, Steve doesn't need to be here the whole time. <laughs> I, I love Gal Gadot always, so she was a highlight. Uh, I thought the the cheetah until the end was good. Sure, okay. Uh, that was a CGI mess. I felt like I was watching something from like 2001 in that fight. The special effects for the whole movie were oh. really under par. Oh. For like a, a movie that came out in 2020, was it? It was pretty shit. It, it, the CGI was really bad, and the movie has already aged really badly. Mm. And I don't think it's going to, you know, it's not going to stand the test of time. Nobody cares about the movie now, let alone two years ago. Uh, what I didn't discuss and what we got wrong, because we never really settled on this, we had this idea that, oh, maybe Wonder Woman, well, I did, maybe Wonder Woman will be a celebrity. And then we were like, right. oh, no, maybe she's in hiding. And I think we settled with being in hiding, which was actually correct. But it made no sense because she she was in hiding, but she would like still interfere, which is That's the right. promise that she said she wasn't going to do at the end of the first movie. Yeah. But- well, we said that the whole reason that this movie isn't connected to the other DCU movies is because she's clearly not in hiding in this movie. No. And clearly doesn't care that people see her out in the open. No, but then she does because she's destroying the cameras. Yeah. So it made it like it was so inconsistent. It was such a hot mess. 
but it was kind of like watching those Schumacher Batmans. Like there, there's just something right, really okay. fucking fun about it. So, so would I you, liked. It. Would you recommend people watch this movie? You cannot watch this movie sober. That is the only thing I'll say. Okay. If you if you need to have a few beers in, which I think we did, and I, I was having a blast then. Uh, if you want to enjoy something a little a little off the books, then yes, do that. So, but otherwise, I wouldn't. Re- <laughs> I not recommend this movie at all. So, but my God, it was fun. Let, let's go more broad market uh-huh. here. So would you recommend parents show their children this movie? No. <laughs> no, why not? No, it's this movie. You have to just try and do a lot of explaining and the parents aren't going to be able to explain anything. I mean, you can you can put young kids in front of this movie and in the, it doesn't need to make sense. They can just enjoy it for the spectacle. But the movie gets really weirdly violent in a, in a way that yeah. you, you, I kinda, it kind of pushes that demographic away. But then what is the demographic they're reaching for there? Nobody. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Would you recommend kids watching this like really visually disturbing sexual harassment scene or like Maxwell nose bleeding and eyes bleeding and stuff? Yeah. Like there was some intense stuff, but then it was followed up by cheesy cameo and like a, a fashion montage. We haven't seen that since the 90s. No. So- <laughs> Steve has a fashion montage where he's trying to work out what to wear. Yeah. I wish there was more. I know you're probably going to say the same thing. I wish there was more 80s music. I was like, the yes. soundtrack really confused me. But other- can I just get into my yeah, thoughts go straight for away? It, go so, I, as you can probably tell from listening back to that original episode, I had really high hopes for this movie. Yeah. So, the original movie was pretty good. So, the original Wonder Woman movie was fairly enjoyable for what it was. So, if you remember back when I discussed my history in the earlier episode, I said that I watched the movie. I enjoyed it for what it was, but ultimately I didn't really like it because mm-hmm. it was just another stock standard superhero origin story. It was covering stuff that we've seen a million times before. Yes. And so I didn't love that original movie, but it was still good enough for me to have hopes that this new movie would be like a really solid, not just a really solid superhero movie, not just re- a really solid Wonder Woman movie, but just a really solid movie because it had every opportunity to take like the cheesy elements and, yes. you know, Stranger Things style, turn them up to max and have like a really solid 80s soundtrack and just not take anything seriously and just have like a really fun, cheesy movie. And that trailer was badass too. And that trailer was great. We only had the one trailer back at the time. And the movie that it sold was absolutely the movie that I wanted, but the movie that they actually delivered was not that movie at all. I've actually written like a little rant here because after I watched the movie, I sat down and I put all my thoughts on paper. And my issues with the movie was that the script of the movie was really badly written. And I can't stress that enough. The script is really, really bad of this movie. Nothing makes sense. And the tone of the movie is all over the place. So in one scene, it wants to be like a fun romp. And then the next scene, it's trying to be like a serious drama. And these actors are trying their best to make the script make sense and and failing at the same time. Yeah, well, they can't really do much with it. And as I already said, the movie is not what they sold it to be. So that original trailer made it look like it was going to be like a cheesy 80s movie, over-the-top superhero movie. But it ultimately wasn't that at all. They took the 80s setting and did nothing with it at all. (laughs) Why set it in the 80s if you're going to tell this story? It doesn't make any sense. No. And just from the Blue Monday music in the in the movie, the New Order music that they used in the trailer, I was expecting the movie to be full of like great over-the-top synthy sort of soundtrack with 80s music all the way through, in the same way like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie is with the 70s music. But they didn't do that at all. There was one party scene where they had a few like 80s remixes playing in the background, and that was and that was all the 80s music we got in the whole film. So I was incredibly disappointed in that regard. The actual soundtrack we got was Hans Zimmer, of all people, bringing us another very disappointing soundtrack. <laughs> it didn't fit the movie that it was in. So they had like this weird sort of classic 
orchestral superhero music just playing over like Wonder Woman rescuing people in a shopping mall. And it just felt out of place. And it was just like strings going. A typical Hans Zimmer. Like he must have just slept through this one. Because <laughs> his forehead was against some buttons. And that's yeah. what produced the music that we're listening to. Because the soundtrack was awful for this movie. Do you remember it? Well, uh, yeah, it was It was not really memorable at all. There were a no. few parts, and it was pre-existing songs that they used, which I liked, but yeah. for the most part, yeah, this soundtrack was forgettable. Exactly, and it could have been a great soundtrack. It had every opportunity to be a great soundtrack, but I felt like they were scared of playing into like the 80s setting and doing anything fun with that. Which makes no sense, because- Why set it in 1984 if you're not going to do anything yeah. with it? And the 80s was popular then. Yeah, exactly. Like, at the time this movie was released. It still is now, but you know. Uh, we already discussed the special effects. <laughs> the special effects, regardless of what scene it is, were just really, really bad. It looked like you could tell, you could see like the green screen, basically. <laughs> or the really bad CGI. It's part of its charm, Karen. So this was a $200 million movie and it looked like it was something from the, the early 2000s. Part of its charm, you say. Yeah. So I could have forgiven a lot of these elements if it was a decent movie. Yes. That's the problem. And then, But the story that they told and the, the directions they went in were just so bad poor and so bad that I just yeah I couldn't forgive any of the movies so just to if it settled on a tone and if it knew what it wanted to be I could have looked past everything and had a good time but I literally because of all these flaws I I couldn't do it so it was an interesting watching experience I'm glad that I watched it with Matty D because anytime like an action scene would come on Matty D was like standing up and fist pumping there and going yeah yeah this is awesome (laughs) and I was just sitting there quietly Because I was not having a good time at all. We had very different experiences watching this. Even together, I, I was I was having a blast. You were maybe not having. He was like elbowing me. It's like, isn't this great? <laughs> I was just there, with, like with my arms crossed, with like a sour look on my face the whole time, just because I was not having fun. <laughs> Even if I wanted to have fun, I couldn't. And every time I'd be like, "This is awesome, isn't it?" And you'd be like, "What does it mean, though?" And I'd be like, "Who cares?" <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. But what it made me think of was it, it took me back to F9. Do you remember? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Do you remember yeah, yeah. F9, how there, were, there was all those like great action scenes mm-hmm. in those movies? Mm-hmm. And were you like jumping and fist pumping the air every time like Vin Diesel would like dive out a window and land on top of a bus? I can't remember what my opinion of Fast 9 is. It's so long ago, but I pretty much so. I remember he was bad in the movie, but everybody else was having a good time. Yeah. yeah. So we had all this badness in the, in the movie. And then the action scenes, as stupid as they are, as silly as they are, you couldn't enjoy them because they're surrounded by all of this badness. And right. Wonder Woman 1984 was exactly the same for me. <laughs> okay. And so if you really loved Vin Diesel, so say if you really loved Vin Diesel's performances and everything, that might be an element that like propels you to actually want to like the movie. So you love Gal Gadot. Yes. And so I think that helped your your viewing experience a lot. I don't care for Gal Gadot. I don't think she's ever done a decent performance, to be honest. <laughs> you know, she was fine in that first Wonder Woman movie, yeah. but this movie was not like a, a great parade of her talents. <laughs> no, no, it was not. It was not. She could probably do some great work, but it's not going to be in a Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> Uh, And the other thing that I had an issue with, I feel like I'm on my soapbox now, but another thing that I had an issue with that all of the characters, especially the villains, were all supposed to be sympathetic. Yes. As far as superhero movies go, if all of the characters are sympathetic and there's no real villain, why do we care? Why are we here to watch the movie? If yeah, everyone's the, a good guy. Yeah. It seemed like there was no threat, really. There, yeah, there was exactly. little stakes, even though they were trying to build up that there was a lot of stakes. Yeah. So uh, there were no stakes, so we don't care. So, when Wonder Woman's swinging on lightning, which, by the way, what did that add to the movie? <laughs> Fucking spectacular scene. It was just a moment they could put into the trailer and falsely sell this movie. It's I like it's it. going to be fun. <laughs> she needed to. And she could fly. <laughs> Wonder Woman could fly at one point. 
Why she was flying? Do you remember that? Yes. Why could she fly? She just wanted to. <laughs> she just, she, she just wanted the same to. way that she's like, oh, I can make things invisible now. She could also <laughs> was just like, I can fly now cause, just because I want to. Yeah, just because I want to. I'll just pull out this. Fl- I, I fly now. I I make invisible force fields. Now, another scene that I had an issue with, and again, I don't want to harp on this too much just because, you know, I don't want to shit on something that you like. But <laughs> there's a scene in the movie where Barbara beats up like a man who, who was attempting to sexually harass her. I love that scene. Why? What What do you like about it? I, I, I thought it really showed the character arc, right? Like she, you know, starts off being somebody who's harassed herself. And then in that scene... No, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. So she wants to be noticed by men. And when she first takes her wish, she like takes off her skirt. She's wearing like leggings okay, underneath. Yes. And then she's enjoying the attention that she's getting from men. And she goes to a party a couple of scenes later in, in, in the same way that Wonder Woman walked in and everyone was staring at her and Wonder Woman sort of brushed them sure. away. They're staring at Barbara and she's loving the attention. Yes, she's, yes. she's eating it up and she has like this sort of romantic relationship with Max uh-huh. and she loves that. And then just out of nowhere, we have a scene where she's harassed in a park by a, by a rapist and Wonder Woman comes in and saves the day. Yes. And then she comes back and beats up this potential rapist later yes. in the movie. They can't have it both ways, Maddie D. They can't have her being like, oh, I love the attention from, from men that I'm getting. And then be like, oh, I hate the attention that I'm getting from men at the same time. Well, I mean, it, uh, it, we're, we're crossing a fine line here. Because exactly. That's why I was saying I didn't want to go into it too much. Sure, but- sure. Well, I'll just say I like that scene because it showed that she took her own brand of justice too far. So at the start, you just she walks past, she hears it, she sort of pushes the guy off, but then goes further and it goes further and goes further and ends up like just beating the shit out of him. And then yeah. like the homeless guy comes out and is just like, Barbara, because the homeless people all know who she is, yeah, apparently. Yeah, and, and then, you know, that's where we see her humanity gone. So, I, I enjoyed that whole sequence. I thought- But it, it was so sloppily handled. It, it Why sort of it's established a character arc. And Kristen Wiig, who, you know, is not known for a dramatic performance, I thought pulled or that off. performances. <laughs> <laughs> so, I liked it. I liked the music. I, I, I enjoyed that scene. Sure, Okay. And, and what did you like it in like a Spider-Man three sort of way? Or did you like it in like a Citizen Kane sort of way? <laughs> in a Citizen Kane kind of way, Kieran. Okay, so it was amazing. I enjoyed it. I, 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 you know, at least they were doing something to establish some kind of character. But why uh, have her enjoying the attention from men if you're also going to say like, oh, she's fighting back against like her male oppressors at the same time? Why couldn't it be Wonder Woman who is being harassed by a man in the park and beat him up? Because her character in the movie is she like. Any man she comes across, she does not care for at all and, and turns them away regardless of what they're doing. Mm. But I guess you can want to be attractive to people and want to be wanted by people, but not want to be wanted by- A rapist, yeah, Rapists sure. who are on sure. the streets harassing her. I think I think that whole sequence was to do about the fact that she was vulnerable. She felt like she couldn't defend herself. She felt that she was always a victim. She felt that, you know, uh, but she never had any up, power, any control. If they're setting her up to be a villain, why paint her in this light? By painter in the sympathetic light? Yeah. Why not? I mean, it's you, you can have like a, a character who starts off the intentions are strong, like somebody who's like doesn't have a lot of self-esteem, is beaten down, metaphorically speaking, and then they sort of see the, the ideal to them is having power and then, you know. Are we supposed to root for her or are we supposed to be against her? I think we're supposed to feel sorry for her. I think we're supposed to relate to her and then realize that she's- you know, and, and everybody else is cruel to her, which makes her think, oh, I want to get, you know, I want to beat the shit out of everybody. And that's how I'm going to, you know, it's that that old storyline. Oh, that old storyline. Yeah, that old storyline. Yeah. <laughs> and then why does the, she turn bullied, into a CGI monster at the end? The bullied kid grows up to, you know, be a jerk. And then we feel sorry for them. And we think, oh, they, they could have been saved, which is the whole Diana thing. It's like, oh, she's going to try to save Barbara because deep down she's a good person. Okay. So I think that's what they were going for. Why am I defending this movie? <laughs> yeah. In a in a better movie, 
it could have been something I, I went with, but because it was surrounded by this mess and everything yes. didn't have a payoff for this character. No. It doesn't work. No, there was no real payoff. Um, it'd be nice if she was redeemed or something, but yeah, yeah we, that kind of gets. Abandoned. Or she just had a consistent character arc, and the whole her becoming a cheater made no sense. Looked terrible. I didn't think they could have just not done that. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to do that, but they did it. Yeah, <laughs> and it was silly, and I didn't like it. But that was the movie we got. So um, ultimately, no, I, I thought this was a terrible movie. Is it the worst movie I've ever seen? Is it the worst movie we've ever covered on the show? Absolutely not. But. I was so disappointed. I can't tell you how disappointed I was paying $30 and being really hyped for this movie and it being so bad. Yeah, I think that's what really did it for me was you saw it first. You told me that you didn't like it. So, yeah. I my expectations were already lowered. Okay. Um, so, I knew I was going in to see a bad movie, so I just had fun with it. So, I think that's okay. the difference Well, there. that's a good approach. So, okay. Dear audience, <laughs> if you love cheesy, terribly written superhero movies if you can go in and enjoy them for that aspect please by all means go watch this movie but for everybody else avoid this movie watch it in a group have a few beers laugh at it that's how you enjoy this movie okay fair enough that's how you enjoy this movie that's how you enjoy most movies so i'm just gonna say <laughs> that that makes any movie a highlight but yeah it, I, I couldn't recommend this movie to anybody to be yeah. honest i'm not gonna let children watch it because they're not gonna understand it save the children so i think this movie should just be forgotten i'm, I'm actually disappointed to say that they are making a sequel to this they are really yeah, that's right uh it may not happen anymore Who does, knows? It, does it have a title no, not at this stage, but yeah, there are talks that they are going to make a sequel, but this movie lost a lot of money, so eh. I think it was something that they planned before the movie came right. out, so we will see if it actually happens. There'll be a lot of retconning, I think. They're just going to pretend this movie never existed. Yeah. I want to know other people's opinions who have seen this movie. Did you love the movie like Matty D did in a, like a cheesy, what was it, X-Men 3, The Last Stand <laughs> way, or did you absolutely hate the movie like I did because you were super disappointed and the, and the trailer sold something that they ultimately didn't end up delivering at the end of the day? So let us know your thoughts. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Potentialspoilerspod is all one word. You can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. What did you like? What did you hate? Yeah. If it was all of it. What worked? <laughs> let us know. What worked? What didn't work? Write a better Wonder Woman movie for us. Tell us what you would have changed. I've got to say, I'm really feeling the superhero fatigue yeah. at the moment. And I you know, I would be happy if we didn't have to cover another superhero movie again for a long time. But that leads <laughs> me to discussing what we're going to be talking about next week. We're going, we to be, go. we're going to be teaming up to predict the plot of another superhero movie. Beautiful. And I think me just saying the name of the movie is going to indicate what Matty D's feelings around this movie are straight away. Without knowing anything about the movie, straight away we're going to find out what Matty D's impressions of this movie is. Oh, because next week, we're looking at the Sam Raimi directed, oh, okay. get excited, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Look at here that. Here we go. Oh, jeez. So, we went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think it's fairly obvious to say we had a great time in that Oh, movie. we loved it. Like everybody. Yes. We loved that movie. We had a fantastic time. And instead of an end credit scene for that movie, we all sat around and we waited to see what would happen at the end. Instead of that, we had a trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And we were all hyped from Spider-Man No Way Home. And we were like, we would love to see what the, the continuation of this is going to be. And we knew that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was going to be that. They've got the original Spider-Man director in there to tie it in. Yes. And we sat down and we watched the trailer. And then after it finished, we turned and looked at each other <laughs> and it was just like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, we've got a problem here. Yeah, I think there's a lot of expectation for this movie that yeah. it's going to be like Spider-Man No Way From Home. Um, they started filming this 
before or during that before, movie. Yeah, it was before. So I don't know if it's going to deliver. It's not going to deliver. I think. And I think people' expectation of it is that it's going to have a lot of cameos from a lot of different universes. And I saw like posters with uh, with Professor X. He's yeah, he's going to be in the movie. It's like yeah. Oh, sure. oh, <laughs> Toby Maguire is going to be in this movie. Oh, yeah, sure. Are you sure they're not just going to release another Marvel movie because <laughs> they're lazy? Yeah. But I guess we'll discuss it. Next We're going to discuss it in depth next week. So please join us for that. And until then, we'll see you next week. So cool. Oh my god, these planes are so big. I want to fly all the planes. Hey Steve, this way. Oh man. I love flying planes. <laughs> what the f- Oh, flying planes. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs>